Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone, Steve Hall here. Welcome to the Red Men TV. It's the first ever Red Men Weekly, our weekly magazine show. We will be bringing you the highlights from our Red Men Plus content. Just a heads up, if you want to get involved and get all these shows in full directly as podcasts, head on over to redmenplus.com and sign up now and yeah, you get access to these entire shows in podcast form. If you're a Spotify user and you want to get the shows on Spotify, simply search for Red Men Plus on Spotify. You can sign up through them, you can pay them and you get all this content in your ears so yeah let me introduce the first clip this is a short section from our weekly transfer show right let's talk actual transfers then marcel brandt um who i mean everyone in this office knows the name pretty well because of toffee tv and they've like marcel brandt they've literally spoken more about him than the manager Mm -hmm. in the last five Mm -hmm. years um the former director of football at Everton, he's now the PSV sporting director, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's quoted from ESPN as saying, Liverpool is a club that is always very focused. Sometimes they get players for the next season in November. Would they be a good partner to send Gakpo in the summer? Yes, that's right. Um, I've seen a few of these in the last few weeks where he's talked a little bit about this. There's been a lot of this talk of Cody Gakpo's really good. Yeah. He's probably not a January move, but we're accepting of the fact that he's, he's likely to be a summer move. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? It's it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, attacking options, centre forward. We we sat here with Chris last week and we spoke about the potential avenues Liverpool could go down transfer wise. And the forward wasn't really high on that list, so he is an interesting one from that sense. He's a really exciting player. He's got all the physical attributes you could possibly want. He is predominantly a centre forward by the looks of it. He does play across the three, but I think he's going to end up being a centre forward. He just looks to have that shape about him. Um, so yeah, it's a really interesting one, really exciting one. It is the sort of player that you do get out of Holland relatively easily so it's definitely a move that you could foresee happening <coughs> our interest in it is I'm not entirely sure where it comes from because obviously we all know for me you know probably looking at their new deal we've just signed Darwin Nunes yeah. Diogo Jota etc etc so I don't know about Liverpool's perspective but I imagine I can certainly envisage him coming to the Premier League there's lots of rumours of that he's got a, a, an agreement with Manchester United mm. in place and then I'm seeing that being poo-pooed as it's all part of the transfer merry-go-round kind yeah. of thing so, yeah, Dan's point is, is, is a pretty solid one and that was a lot of the response I got on the live show on Sunday was don't need him mm. yeah um Agree? Disagree? Yeah, it's all positioning, isn't it? You know, trying to get to a stage where if Liverpool deemed interested, Manchester United must sign him, and we know Manchester United pay well over the odds for players if they want them. So, if you're doing a job to 
fill the coffers with PSV. That's how you go about it. Um, You'd be looking at that Anthony transfer if you were a Dutch team right now. Would, and go, yeah. God, what could we land from Manchester United? Yeah, yeah. Would. And the guy that started life as a left winger and has come inside and is reaping the benefits. I mean, it's not like his breakout season because he played well over a hundred. Uh, professional games of football in the in the top tier in the league he plays in, so he's just in really good form at the moment. And his goal recently in the World Cup, where he shifted onto the left and battered it in the top corner, was a great goal. Uh, I totally agree with Dan. It's not really where we need to spend our money right now. It's not not an area of concern and not an area of priority. So it would be buying him for the sake of buying him rather than buying him because we need him. And I, I think I don't think we need to spend money in that area. Yeah, I just want to say on that. It's a really interesting one, and you are right. And you know, United sort of involvement is interesting. But I spoke with Neil last week, and he said if Liverpool aren't interested in transfer, very quick are shutting it down, which they haven't done in this instance. That could come further down the line. Sure. Could come today, for we know who knows. But with Liverpool's attacking strength, and we have got it, there is another point in all of this, and that is Diogo Jota. Yeah. Now, I'm not meaning to sound overly mm. negative, but he has developed a habit of picking up quite long-term injuries now. Yeah. So if Liverpool were to enter the market for that additional attacking option, because right now we've got three. As we speak, we've got obviously Nunes, Firmino, Salah. And that's yeah. it, because Diaz and Jota are both side If they're looking at that situation and going, do you know what, adding another one to the mix. If we did have six before Vigi and Minamino went, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world? I think <clears throat> this is... I, I kind of fall down with you on this one, yeah. is that I agree, the, generally speaking... I think we're based on the logical Liverpool have got a finite amount of money and the, there are more important areas to mm. strengthen the squad this feels an odd one because I'm like everyone's going midfielder 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 oh did you say left winger and like no I didn't I <laughs> yeah. said midfielder please oh um, so that would, I think we would be a bit it would raise a few eyebrows if Liverpool went into the market let's say, and they're not even saying January here, but let's say January for the sake of argument I I agree totally on that and I think Again, if we were looking at January, I don't, I think Liverpool could do much worse than look at another another wide player because, but it depends who you're looking to get in midfield. So if we've if we've put all our eggs in the Jude Bellingham basket mm-hmm. and they believe there's a real strong chance of doing that, then they're not going to run Bellingham down and not going to be like doing all that behind the scenes work to convince him that he's the right thing and then spunk half the budget on a midfielder in January and then not be able to not be able to afford him in yeah. in the summer. There's maybe something to, though, getting someone else. So you've got to, if you want to go back to that four two four, if you are a bit short in midfielder, so you're prepared to cover that again, we need more wide, fast, wide lads. And I know you're saying he's, he's, he's being moved more centrally. He can do it all, though, yeah. He plays left for PSV, you know, he, he and that's where he gets his goals from as well. So I'm not against the idea of doubling down on your strengths. So... You know, we don't Jota's we're not gonna get a fully fit Jota for the rest of the season now. He's missed pre season yeah. and he's missed mid season. Yeah. And he will do because he's injured. Um so he's gonna be a struggle for the rest of the campaign. All of a sudden you've got Diaz and you've got who's your main pacey guy on the left, you've got Salah's your main pacey guy on the right, and then you're looking at Darwin and Bobby in mm-hmm. rotation for the forward positions. I wonder whether we might it, it's not outside the dance of possibilities that we look at one more there. Um Look at his goal return last season. 
um, 47 appearances all comps, 21 goals, 15 assists, uh, predominantly, as mentioned there, from the left wing, mm-hmm. 42 of those, uh, 47 from the left wing. We've got 19 goals and 13 assists, which is absolutely unreal. Uh, I'll just move things on and have a look at uh, this season so far, and it's a very, very familiar tale. Um, you, I was going to say, we've put a lot of faith in the internet working there when we've clicked that to keep that on screen, but that's fine. There uh, we go. Um no, no, That's yeah, too much again, faith, yeah. too much faith in the internet. <laughs> um, when that comes up, I'll, I'll read it to you. But it's a similar, it's a similar sort of tale. He's, he's, he's absolutely flying so far. Um, it doesn't fit with what we all want. We're all clamouring for the midfielder, but uh, yeah, where uh, there's worse things. In it. Let's mm. be honest, it's exciting buying forward lads, isn't it? Uh, and it, <laughs> it adds certain something to your squad, doesn't it? And then the jotter points are really relevant one and but the thing is when everybody's fit you've got guys expecting first team football every week because he, he would be expecting that wherever yeah. he goes he'd want to be sort of the central point of an attack somewhere wouldn't he so you kind of have to factor that in but yeah I think I think what the point you've just made you sold it to me anyway so I think you know potentially why not 24 appearances so far this season 13 goals and 17 assists all from the left Wow. All from the left, yeah. Ridiculous. Holland use him differently, don't they? It's interesting. I mean, obviously they haven't got a striker though. I think yeah, that's the problem with the, with the Dutch team. I mean, like, it's him and Memphis Depay as is is your options, and it's mm. like does give you options because well, they haven't brought Hunter back out against him. You could yeah. stick him on the left and Diaz on the right, couldn't you? And Salah through the middle, if yeah. you wanted to mix it and switch it and up, yeah, do that type of thing. So the fact that he can play across the front three is, is arguably his best selling point. Quite frankly, he's got a lot going on. He's absolutely tearing up the end of the VC, obviously. But yeah. the fact that he does play across all three is really exciting. And we, we don't actually have many of them. Like Jota, nominally can play from the right. It's not something I want to see again in a massive hurry, to be honest. Um, and Salah clearly has his favoured two positions, and so on and so on. So Gakpo is a really interesting option if it was the right price. If we were all sat here and said you could pick him up for, you know, a jotter sort of price, even you'd go, yeah. oh, absolutely, no mm-hmm. brainer at that price. You know what I mean? But yeah. any more than that, I think we start eating into our budget for more important areas. I, I yeah, I, I agree with that one. When you when you're heading above, above the forty fifty billion pound mark, mm. you do start to go. You start to win, and that's a I think that's a mark of conditioning to some extent, isn't it? You know, when Liverpool are a mega rich. Uh, football club that's going to happen in the next couple of years. We can do this. <laughs> Laugh it off and sell him on after a year and not and not care. Um, there you have it. Some hot transfer action in your ears. Up next is another hot individual. It's Mr. Chris Pajak talking to Josh Williams at Distant Covered. All about the departure of Ian Graham, Liverpool's head of data, head of research. What is that going to mean for the Reds going forward? Let's find out. I think one of the reasons we reached out is I read your article um, after Ian Graham, the post director of research, um, or after it was known that he was going to be leaving Liverpool at the end of the season, read the article and literally I was straight in the WhatsApp. I was like, can someone get me a conversation with Josh on this? Uh, I thought it was brilliant first and foremost. But also I think it's it's probably, as you mentioned in your article, Ian Graham is a fella that no one really talks about as as a Liverpool fan. You know, lots of people mention the Michael Edwards and everything else, uh, all those other fellas. But he is almost, he was the start as much as all the other fellas, wasn't he, to what Liverpool were able to achieve. So for anyone who doesn't know, I suppose, who is Ian Graham and why is he so significant? Yeah, well, it's it's funny that you should say that. Actually, I was um, I was with a group of mates on the weekend, and we were talking about Liverpool, the changes and all that that we're going through at the minute. And uh, I casually mentioned his name, and none of them knew who he was. 
And it just kind of sums up that he's he's just drifted under the radar completely really throughout his Liverpool time. Uh, and that's intentional as well. He, he he regularly turns down interviews, you know, he he denies that sort of thing, doesn't really want to get involved with the the public thing and all that. Uh, but as you say, he's, he's Liverpool's director of research. Uh, has been since 2012. So you're looking at a decade there that he's been at the club. Um, he's a Cambridge physicist and he's he's arguably the first real scientist to, to work in football. Obviously, there's a bit of a stigma and he, he has always been a bit of a stigma attached to that sort of thing. Um, football, specifically during like premiership years and all that stuff, was very much like a, a football man's game and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so people of Graham's um, nature maybe uh, weren't really particularly welcomed in the game, but um, it, it took for kind of a Fenway sports group takeover and a, a gradual change in that regard for him to be embraced by the club. But overall, in terms of who he is as a person, you know, he's a, whatever you want to call him, a pioneer, a, a trailblazer. Um, and after so many years in the field now, he's pretty much the Jurgen Klopp or the, the Pep Guardiola of, of the data sphere if you want mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so did he build Liverpool's data system himself with the help of others I suppose yeah um, he's constru- before he, he arrived there there was no um, there was no data science department you know he's, he's constructed that from scratch he spent his whole first year building recruitment applications to analyse players and stuff uh, before Michael Edwards got at the club, there was no analysis department. Michael, Michael Edwards kind of constructed the analysis department and he got Graham in to construct a, a data science department. Mm-hmm. Um, and his department, over time, has become more and more cultured and sophisticated, really. He's, he's, he's added numbers to his, to his team. It's still a relatively small team, but uh, compared to a lot of other Premier League clubs or clubs across Europe, Liverpool have got a, an industry-leading department there that claims built from scratch. Um, you know, there's nobody really more experienced in the field across the whole of football, really. Anybody who's, who's more experienced than Graham in, in this. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's just it's an industry-leading department that Liverpool have obviously benefited from over the years. So I suppose one of the things is, how did he get into Liverpool Football Club? How did he, how did that position? Become available if it, if it wasn't if it didn't exist before. So this this is kind of um, where Fenway Sports Group come in really. Uh, in in the world of baseball, obviously John Henry's always been a data guy. You know that's how he made his millions really mm-hmm. through gaining an edge using sophisticated algorithms to make investments and all that stuff. Then he moves into baseball. He's always been a baseball fan, and the Boston Red Sox benefit from the whole idea of Moneyball. You know Bill James, Billy Bean, and all that stuff. Um, so throughout Henry's career, he was benefiting from data, recognizing the perks of data. And when it comes to Liverpool, he kind of recognized that it wasn't really particularly rife in football. You know, nobody was really using it to a high level or anything like that. Um, so once he acquired Liverpool as part of FSG, the initial approach was we want to transform Liverpool into essentially a footballing version of the Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first appointment that he made, Damien Camoli, who was tipped from Billy Bean because they were the, the kind of like distant friends. Um, Camoli's one of the few sporting directors who's, who's a little bit numbers inclined and stuff. So they appointed Camoli. Camoli had worked with Edwards at Spurs. Um, so Camoli brings Edwards to Liverpool 
to construct this analysis department. And Edwards needs a statsman, you know, a, a data guy, basically. So he appoints, he, he, he tries to convince Graham to leave his job at Decision Technology, which he'd had for a few years while he was at Decision Technology. He was a um, kind of like a football statistician researcher kind of guy who um, helped out with like the times, but with, with like uh, stats columns that with Daniel Phil- Daniel Filkenstein. Filkenstein is like a, a think tank column uh, to do with football stats, which is kind of ahead of its time. Uh, he started up a blog and things like that, analyzing players, analyzing teams and stuff. Um, and the idea was for him to support. Edwards really um, and you can analyse football then using sophisticated numbers rather than just playing opinions from a scout because if it, it, the main thing with this right is say for example me last week I did the podcast last week just suggesting midfielders for Liverpool right um, and I'll touch on whether the midfielder's fast is he strong is he good technically is he you know what's his age and all that stuff there's my scouting report there and then if you look at a, a professional scout, it's pretty similar, except for it'll be a, a lot more granular, but it'll still be, this is just strengths and weaknesses. Where the data analysis comes in and where Graham's comes in is if you was to ask me, okay, so Bellingham looks great. I like your report. Fine. What difference does he make on our points? Mm-hmm. So in terms of our points tally with him compared to without him, what's the impact of Bellingham? I would say, I, I don't know. And if you were to ask your professional scout, the best you're getting is probably an educated guess. With your data analysis guy, he can put a number on that. And then you can use that kind of number to determine uh, the prices of certain players. And, and you can justify paying a lot of money for Alison Becker. You can justify paying a lot of money for Virgil van Dijk or whatever it is. But without the data analysis side of things, the best you're getting regarding that like concrete evidence is educated guesses. So that's kind of where his role came in, if you know what I mean. Bit of a long-winded answer. But... No, I think that I think it's important, though. I think it's spot on, is that, you know, he's obviously done talks at Statsbomb, and I've watched those talks um, where, where where they've been available and stuff. And it's, it's always fascinating, isn't it, to hear somebody who's an expert in a field talking to other experts. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right then, moving on. It's me again, another show that I was involved in. I spoke to Gold.com's Neil Jones on this week's Journo Insight. And yet Neil, as always, gave some fascinating, fascinating information and opinions about what's going on at Liverpool Football Club. Again, let's move on then away from this is going back to my political again and, and the and the Sky Germany, Sky Sports Germany. It, it was announced well reported yesterday about Sven Mislintad Liverpool sporting director all interests the former Arsenal head recruitment. He's he's leaving Stuttgart, I think that's been announced. We had a question again in the group legend Discord, I can tie this one in. This is from our Kumar who says the any truth in these mis Mislintat rumours. The the one of this is and I um, Josh Williams from you know distance covered mm. on Chris on Monday and he basically said the thing with sporting directors is usually they get to choose the manager. Whoever comes in now is going to be Jürgen's going to have a say. Yeah. And I'm not sure it's his boss. I'm not sure how the structure was quite going to work. But basically, the head of recruitment or whatever we call this guy, sporting director, Jürgen's going to have a say in it. And this is kind of the first hint at that. Someone who's, who's worked together before at Dortmund, they've had a relationship. The reason why Nat Phillips ends up at Stuttgart apparently was because Jürgen yeah, on the phone. Yeah, Jürgen gets on the phone to, to spend missing that and offers him. And it worked out for both parties. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Like, I don't know if hiring your mate to be the guy who's meant to be the because like who's meant to be the one arguing against you or most all help, help. I don't know how it all works, but again, I don't know how much truths in this one. If there's been conversations, I'm, I'm sure you can let us know what you know. Yeah. But it does feel like it's just again. This is sometimes how these models can go wrong when it's I don't know. It it, it feels a bit odd that like yes, yeah, I'm the manager's mate in that role. I don't know what your thoughts on it are. Yeah, well, the ob- I mean, we talked about it earlier. The obvious thread is that people think Jurgen's going to be is running the club. I think that that's sort of, you know, at this moment in time, you've got Julian Ward leaving, you've got Mike Gordon step, step back, you've got um, Ian, Ian Graham. Graham. I mean, listen, I don't I don't think we should over overplay that element in terms of the day-to-day running of the club. Ian Graham, Ian Graham fed into uh, an operation and I, I had a very big part to play in it, but it wasn't. I don't think it was sort of like, you know, the manager wants something, but Ian Graham tells him, you know, you know, you know I don't think there was that kind of authority there. But... Sven Mislintat at the time and of, of him leaving obviously just just at this moment sort of it's obvi- obvious sort of string I think I think Pletigol <laughs> keep on Pletigol Flo- <laughs> Florian Plettenberg's I'll call him Pletigol I think he'd like that that's, yeah, his, brand. Think, well, that's his brand yeah I suppose yeah. Um, I might start calling you Neil Jones goal yeah yeah. <laughs> like, maybe not um, I think you know his thing was he would be open Sven Mislintat would be open to it it's like yeah again a little bit like mm, of course but yeah, it's important to say that he, he it's easy to sort of with sporting directors that you always pick out oh he was responsible for blah 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 Dortmund with Jürgen Klopp it was certainly not a two man show it was certainly not a one man show you know you had Michael Zork you had Aki Vachka, you had other people in positions that you know Dortmund was a real sort of um, team effort in terms of that and some real big hits in that time with you know, Lewandowski being probably the biggest of them all but you know, get uh, Marco Royce or Bamiang. Um, Usman Dembele was 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 obviously one that they, they made a big profit on. Um, Kagawa, you know, spotting players like like that. Um, that isn't there at Liverpool at the moment. You know, it would need more for that. If you, if you were looking to replicate that kind of success, oh yeah, Klopp and Mislintat that was a dream team. You'd need a few more elements to it to make it sort of the same as what it was. I know he had a difficult time at Arsenal in a, in a bit of a. Would you say it was a similar situation? You know, 
ownership out issues. over the ownership yeah, yeah. and you know I've got a list actually of outgoing outgoing um like that director of football or football executives there was a lot that they weren't sort of they weren't on the same page and yeah you, you got a list of some of his failures Obama, at Arsenal no, well, good, good. so you've done the Aubameyang which worked out well for Arsenal until it never but then like Mkhitaryan didn't really work well Bert Leno was alright but he decided to replace him Socrates yeah. Lucas Torreira Guendouzi yeah, it's not it's it's not like a, a who's who of Arsenal's current team, and I know Arsenal have moved away, and they've wasn't a classic Arsenal era, was it of of, of yeah. players? Yeah. Um, I know he's very highly regarded in Germany. I know Nat Phillips spoke very highly of him when I, I remember he was on loan there. And I just you know something sticks in your mind. You just mentioned Sven how how great he'd been since he joined, and it was in the pandemic, uh, just the just beginnings of the pandemic, and just talking about how you know duty of care that the club had shown, and and even you know. Clearly, Mislin's heart was was the, the the conduit for for Phillips ending up in Stuttgart. You know, when people sort of look and go, well, "Now Phillips is Stuttgart." You know, yeah, there's there's the sort of there's the the yeah, thread yeah. that you you pull out. Yeah, and sort of gone on the phone or has, has been speaking about Stuttgart needing a centre back and said, "Well, I've got one here." You know, and it'd be a great move for you and whatever. So it one definitely one to keep an eye on Liverpool wise. But like I said, the, the doubt I'd have is sort of. What else is around that structure? You know, it's not. I don't think it's a question of sort of, yeah, he gets Sven Mislintari and Raymond Yeager, and he'll just take on the world together. I don't think it's. It's more to come. I it think, feels I think to me like more you, than you, that hint, around it. you hinted at it before. This will feel, and again, I'm just this from my, my personal point of view. If it is someone like Sven Mislintari, it will feel like Jürgen's getting more power or mm. more. Oh, yeah. He's gonna have a bigger, a bigger say in what goes on. And again, there's, there's pros and cons to this. The man who, without Jürgen, none of this works. But we've seen this before, where the manager gets powerful and power, and before the, you know, it, Ferguson, and he leaves, and you're like, oh my god, everything relied on him. He's like taking the cornerstone out and all. Like that's the worry about. <laughs> you're gonna say he's taking the corners. <laughs> yeah, but, but if you want, that to, would yeah. be that would be yeah, a big. Yeah, that, 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 that's yeah, he but puts himself right wing. That, that's the that's the. But I suppose, and again, I'm going down maybe on a tangent here, but like the owners are leaving anyway. I was so, say, so, well, so, so it's going to it's going to be changing anyway, so it might have to change. So if you if you need if in, in all this uncertainty, you need you need your you need something and if Jürgen's that something then that's what it makes it understandable well I mean listen the, the, the briefing point around Julian leaving was that Jürgen and Billy Hogan are going to lead the, the sort of process of identifying what what model to go forward now Sven Mislint coming to Liverpool feeds that the model and tells you what the model is doesn't it, it tells, the model is leave it to me Leave it to me and my my boys. We'll we'll sort it. But there's a, a huge sort of you know caveat around it in that. Well, what happens if the owners have sold by the time it leaves? And you know the the, the model is actually we just go and buy the best players in the world. Or where's the model is we, we're not going to buy players. You know we sort of we we'll, we'll be fine. We've got what, what do you need new players for? So that changes who you need, doesn't it? In the sense of you know your your, your model might just be sort of. We don't need a director of football because we're just going to pay 250 million for whatever player we need. And, you know, Todd Bowley sort of will do it. I'll do it myself. You know, that, that could be it. So there's a lot, a lot of parts moving around this. But I'm not surprised at all to see him linked, especially given that he's leaving his current role and, you know, that notice period or sort of the garden, the, what's it called? The, like, garden leave almost it could be, couldn't it? But where it's sort of, he might have a I think in his contract that six months is is the time before he can take another job. So he's he's leaving ahead of the summer. 
there's a there's a lot to point towards that he's got a chance of being there. I would say. Yeah. Thanks very much to uh, me and Neil. I guess. Yeah. Thanks to me. Thanks to me and thanks to Neil. Hope you enjoyed that one. The first ever Red Men Weekly Magazine show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I say, and like I said earlier as well, RedmenPlus.com. Sign up as a club captain or a club legend, and yeah, you get all of those shows plus tons, 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 tons more in video and podcast form. If you're looking for a Liverpool fix in your life while there's no footy for a few weeks in terms of the Reds, anyway, sign up redmenplus.com we've got loads and loads of documentaries there back catalogue is available for you every single LFC draft is there on you so if you like the one that you've heard the clip from you can go and listen to or watch every single one of those we have Jano Inside with Neil every week we have the transfer show every week loads going on to keep you updated with the Reds even when they're not playing footy and like I say when the footy comes back we'll be covering every game pre-match post-game get in the ground with us get in the action with us over on Red Men Plus catch us all soon <laughs>